Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the fourth and final session of the Warriors and Warfare series. This lesson is entitled Raising Future Warriors and is taken from the book of Judges, chapter 8, verses 23 through 35. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us the fifth of five qualities of rebellious leaders and then introduced us to the third type of leader, the real leader, Jotham. Then he asked his wife Debbie to come forward and read again from the book of Judges, this time from chapter 9, verses 7 through 15, and then taught us the four qualities of Jotham's real leadership and three excuses that we have for not leading, represented by three different trees. On this broadcast, he concludes the lesson and the series by giving us the five qualities of real leaders. And now, here's Brother Rick. What does a real leader look like? Let's look at him, Deb. Number one, real leaders judge in light of truth, not in light of popularity. Listen to me. God's never called me to be popular. Can I tell you something else? He's never called me to be successful. He's called me to be faithful. Faithful to the truth. I've done made up my mind. I don't care if I'm by myself. I'm not going to start preaching what everybody wants to hear. I'm going to declare what thus saith the word of the living God, whether it's popular or whether it's unpopular. I'm going to stick with the truth. And you may think, boy, that old dude gets rough sometimes. Yeah, I do, because truth is truth. But I'm committed to you. Listen, I love you too much, Mac, to not tell you the truth. I'm not going to come up here and tickle the ears of people. Because it's the truth that's going to set us free. It's the truth that's going to endure forever. We've got to have truth. How many of you appreciate truth? Man, I'm committed to truth. Judge and Light of truth. They have a heartfelt concern for people. Did you know that when Jotham stepped on that mountain, he faced all kind of threat. But there was a love for people that constrained him. Boy, we need that kind of love. To where we state what we state, whether the babies or grandbabies or whoever likes it, we've got to stand for truth. We love them. You know what my prayer is every day? I prayed it today. Lord, don't let my truth level exceed my love level. Listen, I know I preach the truth, but I'm going to tell you something. I love you. I genuinely love you. And I dread every time I had to leave here because I love you. And that love constrains us to be honest and true and prepare you. Debbie said the other night when we was leaving, she said, they love us. I said, I know they love us. That's why I love coming here. Man, there's something about heartfelt concern. Number three, they're self-sacrificing. Lord, help us to raise up a group of people that's not totally consumed with their self. Man. Amen. Boy, I found out what the joy of self-sacrificing is when I had kids, and especially since I had grandkids. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. 
It's always been that way at my house. So I mean, when my kids were little, tater crawl up in my lap, kiss me on the jaw, say, I love you, Daddy. I just get my wallet out. Listen, I usually tell her, say something for your mommy. But anyway, how many of you know that when you love people, stuff don't matter? It don't matter. It just don't matter. Does stuff matter to you more than people? Number four, they leave with a future in mind because they fear the Lord and what's coming. I look at my grandbabies, I think, what in the world's world going to look like in 25 more years? Never a time have I thought, as long as it don't happen in my generation, Lord, have mercy, I don't want it to happen in their generation. See, this message ought to make us grab a hold like a bulldog on a pork chop. We ought to say, help me to raise up the next generation because I want to help them succeed. Long after I'm gone. Did you know I've chronicled every message I've preached since Richie was nine years old? There's over 7,000 messages sitting in my basement right now ready for him to look at and for Trey to look at long after I'm in heaven. Why? Because I'm not leading just today. I'm leading with the future in mind. Trey's going to preach. He ain't just talking. He's nine, but he's going to preach. Because I remember the day we brought him home from the hospital, James, and I held him in my arms and prophesied over him all morning, just declaring the word of the Lord over his life. Same with Tate's baby. Kendall, I poured my life into them. You know why? Because they're going to lead someday. Number five, I'm going to close with this. Real leaders produce real leaders. Everything produces after its kind. I'm going to close this message with this illustration. I want you to get to where you can see because it's pretty small. You see that right there? Can you see this on the table? Everybody see it? Scoot to where you can see it. Stand to where you can see it. I want you to see this. This is very important. If you can't see it, get to where you can see it. Move out. Come here because you won't be here five minutes. I'm going to let you go. But I want you to see what I'm talking about right now. Come here. Come around here, Andre. If you're going to sit and hold my microphone, let me show you something. See, let me, let me explain to you that Gideon was more interested in being king. See, here's a little king. He's all dressed up in his robe. Everything looks right, don't it? It all looks right. But see, what he was is he was kingly-minded. He was never kingdom-minded. This is what I'm telling you. Big difference between being kingly-minded. Boy, God wants to give us everything. He wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us. That's all kingly. But here's the problem with Gideon. He didn't realize that inside of him was another. And he would pass away. And inside of him would be another. Are you hearing me? And inside of him would be another. And generations would roll on, another, another, another. And on and on they would go. Generation after generation would come. And if we live with only a kingly mindset, we may look good now. But defeat is imminent. Defeat is imminent. 
See, 12 generations ago, 12 generations ago, man gave his life to the Lord 12 centuries ago and started preparing the next generation. And reading that book that Dale fixed for me for Christmas, I realized I'm just one of these guys. I've preached for 40 years, but there'll be a day, Patty, when I go home. Do you hear me? I'm going home. This won't be forever. I won't be able to do this forever. There'll be a day when I preach my last message. There'll be a day when I do my last series at Trinity. I don't know when it is. See, I'm preaching to you right now, my oldest brother. Had a heart attack before lunch today. He's in CCU right now. I don't know if he'll be alive when I get home or not. We're passing away. Do you understand we're passing away? They told my other brother, two up from me, that his kidney quit working. He's got a year to live. Listen, I'm telling you, death is coming. Are you hearing me? It's coming to us. And I'm watching them go. I got enough sense to know, Bob, I'm in that line. There'll be a day when we're gone, we'll hug each other for our last time. It's going to happen, James. It's going to happen, brother. There'll be a day when I hug you by. It won't be no... No more here. We don't know that tonight may be that. When I hug you by, we don't know. We don't know. We think everybody's going to be here next time. We don't know. We just don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. I can walk out of here tonight if I don't make it in the morning. I left you truth. I left you a way in which you can see the fullness of the Lord take place in your life and in generations to come. And that's what we're obligated to do, to help each other and to provoke one another under good works until we see the return of the Lord. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want to pray over you. See, five years ago, I was on my way home when they called me. I was on my way home from here when they called me. Brother Billy told me, your heart's shutting down. I'd preach one of these meetings just like this. And the doctor looked me in the face and said, you'll be dead by the morning. You're dying while I'm talking to you. You hear me? <laughs> I didn't even feel bad. We played golf that week. We, we enjoyed one another. You don't know. But I want to ask you a question. What kind of leader are you going to be? Are you going to come up with some more excuses on why you can't do it right now because you got umpteen things to do? You're going to be reluctant and let somebody else raise your children and grandchildren and have the influence God gave you to have? Or are you going to raise up and try to be somebody that everybody can see and nobody can follow? Are you going to rebel against everything and every authority in your life? Or are you going to raise up and be the example they can follow? If you right now are dealing with reluctancy, would you just put your hand up and put it back down? You just have got more excuses on why you can't do what you need to do. Just slip your hand up and put it back down. Yeah, I see your hand. Yours, yours. Bunches. Just can't do it right now. Just it, it, There'll be a more convenient time, as Agrippa said. How many of you, be honest, it's been rebellion in my heart. I just going to confess it right now. It's been rebellion in my heart. I've, I've struggled submitting to authority. Just throw up your hand and put it down. I've struggled. I, I, I've dealt with problems just really submitting to people in my life. And, and I found myself trying to lead alone and being political and trying to influence people in negative ways. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it back down. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to call you out. 
How many of you right now will lift your hand and say, I've not been the real leader. I need to be to the people God's given me influence around. Would you put your hand up? Because I'm going to put my hand up. I can do better, can't you? I can do better at what I'm doing and what I've done. And if this is the last time I get to preach to you, I want to do my best. I want to do my best. Let's pray together. Father, we submit ourselves humbly to you right now in Jesus' name, realizing it inside of our life, our generations. And Lord, from the beginning of time, you've looked down through time as a generational God, wanting one thing and one thing only, that we would share the great message of the gospel and freedom to the next generation. That's been your heart cry. Lord, we tonight say yes. Would you say that with me? Yes, we will take the gospel to the next generation. We will do our part that truth can go from generation to generation. You can do it a lot of different ways. But boy, you need to do it. Use the influence God gave you for his glory. I love you. I love you. I want to tell you the truth. I want to preach. I pray I get to come back soon. Preach again. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm taking my family to heaven. I've made up my mind, Sherry. Those are going with me. I'm taking my family with me. Make up your mind. You're going to be the leader God called you to be. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.